listening to episode 281 of the Major Issues Podcast. In it, we talk about the latest MCU release, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We're not even talking news, we're just talking the movie. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now! Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you each and every week by ComicBookClick.com, and luckily, this week, I am not alone, had to reach out from a fr- to a friend across the galaxy, sir, if you could please introduce yourself. Hello there, it is Dave, aka The Ball Pit partner in crime on the fafo podcast gang gang we two are out of here. four on department of nerds you feel me i feel like we've done this dance uh so many times and dance being the operative word because we're here to talk about guardians of the galaxy volume three get just soaked in spoilers bro absolutely soaked soaked soaked, soaked in spoilers usually I have a bunch of uh, news and scuttlebutt I'd like to get through before I get to this, but I actually have way more to say about this film than probably anything in the last six months. So uh. <laughs> if you're down, I'd like to just uh, get the homework out of the way, let the people know what we're talking about, and then get into Let's fucking do it, bro. I'm all ready. of this. Okay. So Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is a 2023 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics superheroes. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's produced by Marvel Studios, distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures, and is the final installment in the Guardians of the Galaxy film trilogy. Written and directed by James Gunn. It features Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Batista, Karen Gillian, Palm Clementioff, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Will Poulter, Sean Gunn, Chuck Woody, Iwuji. <laughs> Linda Carlini, Nathan Fillion, and Sylvester Stallone. In the film, the Guardians embark on a mission to protect Rocket uh, from the High Evolutionary. Before we get into all the spoilers, uh, some people might be listening to the beginning of this podcast having not seen the film yet. And I like to give them at least five minutes <laughs> before they uh, turn it off and come back when they're, when they're ready to talk about the film. So... I- I do have something I do want to say before we, uh, a question and then something to say before we get into the spoilers. Um, sure, go ahead. this was Nathan Fillion's second guardians movie, correct? Second, um, officially third. Um, he was, ac- he actually filmed some stuff or he was pictured in a scene in two that was deleted. Oh, I did not know that. I knew he was in the first one and he was the, the big dude that Drax took down in, uh, yeah. With the nose in the prison, yeah. With the or uh, group took him down with the nose thing, yeah. um, and then my question was, was that was that Harcourt that I saw in yeah, there? Definitely, yeah, definitely. I thought that I was and like, damn, she looks really familiar. You'll get many video essays about, oh, he's putting his wife and still putting his wife in movies or yada yada. Yeah, I fucking would too. <laughs> hey, listen, um, she's good. <laughs> What's funny is when James Gunn put him in volume two, he put him in uh, fake movie posters. It was obviously real movie posters in universe, right? But yeah. fictional movie posters. And he was playing Simon Williams, who is who Yahya uh, Abdul Mateen, Wonder Man. That's who Yahya is going to play now. So that might have been a little bit of uh, uh, gotcha. you know, a little so. preemptive uh, casting on his. And part. they were like, hey, yo, relax, bro. Hey, whoa, hey. hey, yo, we're podcasting here. <laughs> <laughs> 
So without spoilers, what did you think of this film? And would you recommend it to those who either are experiencing Marvel or comic book fatigue or are fans of the Guardians of the Galaxy in general? Eight and a half out of ten stars. I rec- I highly recommend this movie. It was it, it had comedy, it had action, it had emotion, which I think is something that was a big it was a big key part of all the Guardians movies. Yeah. Um, you know, with the first one, we see Quill's origin story. He became who he was and was taken off of Earth the day his mother died. Right. And that's when he met Gamora fell in love with Gamora and then through that infinity war she dies he has the heartbreak all over again um we go on to endgame he sees this other universe's Gamora but yeah. it's not the one he fell in love with so then we go to in Guardians 2 he lost Yondu um but yeah. <laughs> through all these movies the Guardians are coming closer together as a very tight family right then we get to Guardians 3 which we knew from the trailers this was going to show a lot of Rocket's backstory. So we knew just based on the snippets of him and uh, Lila, of Rocket mm-hmm. and Lila, we knew this was going to be emotional. Right. And we saw scenes in the uh, trailer, which they fucking got me with one of these scenes. And you know what I'm talking about. I I, I don't actually right now. Well, we'll we, talk about we'll, it when yeah, we we'll get there. We'll talk about it, yeah. Because it's kind of in the first act. Yeah, but it pissed me off when I saw why this part. Was oh happening. yes, yes, you yes. know what I'm talking about. Oh, the title card. So uh, we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But this has everything you want out of a Marvel movie to include comic accurate attire. Yes, it 100%. has everything. So everybody bitching that oh they're not sticking true to the comics. How much more accurate can you get down to the fucking clothes? you know what i'm saying like yeah they can't pull everything because they don't want to just rip off the comics and it's not really ripping off because marvel owns it all yeah and i get that but they're giving us something different More. with these characters yeah. iron man himself has had how many different origin stories yeah they keep rewriting it and punishers keep, the war yeah. is going to keep changing with punisher as the older he gets right, right. <laughs> he can't be being being out forever <laughs> right like it's it's the same characters, a different story, but they're only telling this story once. They're not rewriting it every single time they want to do a different story arc because it's so much quicker to write a comic book story arc than it is to write a movie story arc. Right. So with that said, go see Guardians 3 if you have not seen it. It is fan-fucking-tastic. And in my, like, don't get me wrong, Guardians 1, set the table. It's fucking epic. Guardians 2, not as great as Guardians 1, in my opinion, but Guardians 3 is either tied or better than Guardians 1. I think I agree with that sentiment. Um, One always has a special place in my heart. So, like, it gets, like, possibly, like, a a quarter star more. (laughs) Uh, 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 You know, a a fifth star, a tenth of a star more. But I think when uh, when I think back at that, the series in general... I fell in love with the Guardians from the very first film. I just gravitated towards these characters uh, because they were imperfect and also because I didn't know anything about them. Um, James Gunn had the unique opportunity to educate an entire fan base about these his version of these heroes. And it's been a trilogy maintained 
with quality control under one vision. And this is what this looks like when it is that way. Um, I, I got to double check, but I don't think maybe Spider-Man is the other film that had the same director, possibly writer throughout the trilogy. But no, didn't it didn't Iron because Man? it didn't because of um, Iron Man Sam John Favreau, didn't he? I don't think he did three, though. I thought I he double check. or he didn't write three. I don't think he wrote three, but I think he directed three. And yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, no, because Avengers one was fucking Joss Whedon. Avengers one and two of Joss Whedon. Oh, one <laughs> answer. I keep forgetting about Age of Ultron. Here's a random aside, but it has to do about the same topic. I was talking to a friend about this film and I said, this film, the stakes and the emotion, all that stuff to me makes Age of Ultron look teethless. Like, looks like. It was nothing. Like not like nothing happened in that movie. It was nothing. And, and what I loved about this too is we got a villain that he had the same backstory as everybody else, to yeah. include Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. I wanted to perfect it. Got it. But he had so much substance to him and so much emotion behind what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! And but what if we don't cast him? Say, He's friends with James Gunn. Imagine if we couldn't cast him because proximity, and he, you know, he worked with Gunn before, so he should never be cast again. And and you know, he played Mern in uh, Peacemaker. He did, and, and he was good in that role too. And it was just Definitely. like, and I know that's where we got him from because right. of James Gunn's wife, because of Harcourt, mm-hmm. which. I have no issues with any of that. So if that's your beef with these movies and shows and everything, dude, go get, go touch. (laughs) He did such a fucking fantastic job in this role as the higher evolutionary. Yeah. And it was so emotional. And so like, there were moments where you're like, Oh man, he's actually not a bad guy. He actually wants to just enhance and make things better and yada, yada. And then you kind of get through to what he's doing. And you're like, he's one of the few villains of a dick. (laughs) He's one of the few villains that actually triggered me. And we'll talk about it when, when we'll, when we get there, not that, not even something I've experienced, but something I've seen. Um, And also I made a post on on comic book clicks, Facebook uh, about this, but like in the age of like the super cool villain, he's not trying to be cool at all. He's not trying to make you like him or be slick or have a cool one-liner. He nope. says a, he says a cool line in this, but um, it's not about that. And he literally says from the get-go what he wants to do, and he is going to stop at nothing to do it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, he I, literally goes to the very end trying <laughs> to do this one thing. Yeah, I uh, I thought he did tremendous. Um, I can't help but feel like this film was the, like, when you know your ex is going to, I don't know, the same party as you, right? So you either show up with something nice on your arm or you show up looking the best you've ever looked in your life. James Gunn and Marvel, you know, they kind of had a beef after volume two and after he got fired for his tweets, you know? He gets Which, how, that's a whole nother discussion. But I'm saying they were they were they were shopping around for other directors to do this film, volume three. Even though he wrote it, they were looking for other people to come in and, and do it. And he went and did the Suicide Squad, but promised to come back and do Guardians. And to me, this is his most unapologetically his version of the Guardians. There's a lot of things that just get to the point. 
because mm -hmm. he's not in it to, you know, play around. We don't got time. This is the last one, and I'm going to show you my team. Um, there's parts in here where Peter Quill feels smarter and feels more um, mature, in charge of the situation, mature. The series itself grows with you. There are things in shown in this film that are some of the darkest, most existential moments I've ever had watching an MCU film, but also it feels earned because we started in such a place of dancing and, you know, <laughs> talking trees and raccoons. And now we get to uh, this stage, we get to volume three and all the stakes are higher. Um, everything is more important. And check this like little um, stat out. The, the hallmark team for marvel is the avengers right we got one two and then we got the um the infinity war and endgame it's four films we've seen the guardians in seven or eight films at this point they are the team in the mar in the marvel cinematic universe that we've seen the most that we've hung out with the most three guardians films now two avengers films a thor film a holiday special um i feel like i'm missing a movie but, so but wait, uh, wait, say it again they're the team that we spent the most time with yeah, oh, the guard gar the three guardians two avengers endgame and infinity war holiday, holiday special. special thor four thor four it might so it might be seven i feel like seven. i'm missing one i feel like, like i'm seven. missing one but 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 even seven like that's but not... for a team for a team yes <laughs> yeah now we've and, had solos appear because we've had you know the obvious avengers in right. all those films but ne like never apart in in any of that stuff, um, yeah. a team, and so I can't help but think that everything in this hits harder because my connection to them is closer, you know. And I saw the little bit that James Gunn did with the holiday special. Like again, so much heart, and I it just doubles down in this. What I love the most about this is that throughout his films. You know, even with the Yandu funeral, right, of it all, he tries to end with a bit of optimism. Mm -hmm. You know, even through the muck <laughs> that we deal with in the beginning of those first movies. I mean, Groot dies. <laughs> you know, like even in the muck that we deal with in the beginning of those movies, we still end on a high because there's still highs to be had. And that's right. a hell of a message to have in this day of being pessimistic and being pragmatic about everything. Um, I needed this, <laughs> you know, I needed the message that this had. And there's some surprising things that we'll get into with spoilers when it comes to deaths. There's surprising things uh, when it comes to how the future of this franchise holds up. But this is a damn near perfect trilogy. And the only reason why I can't just say perfect is that I, I want to give it some time and some space. I kind of want to ingest it all as a, as a narrative. Yeah. Um, but um it's it's like it's up there it's 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 really up there and it's not to say i don't i didn't have my uh issues i just think they're too specific to say in a non-spoiler way so when we get to a certain parts of the film we can get to it there but yeah that's that's yeah i'm 100 percent with dave check it out when you get a chance um it's worth it 100%. i don't know about your children now you have a daughter do you think if she was a bit younger uh, you know, let's say if we now I will say this, if we had been watching all the Marvel movies together. Yeah. Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay. hundred percent. Now this is a kid that you want to introduce to Marvel. This is not the movie to do it. Yeah. So you're going to go is, see, yeah, you're going to go rewatch. Uh, let's say you're going to go rewatch this film and someone's like, Oh, take your niece. 
You know, she's six no. or whatever. No, no, my no. niece is actually seven. No oh, fucking chance. No, it wouldn't do no it. No chance. This is no rough, chance. man. It's a rough. It's a rough. But scene. if if it's my now eighteen year old daughter, if we're watching from Iron Man all the way to now, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go, kid. We're going. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen enough. You see enough death and despair. You know what they, the deal is. They ripped that rock out right out of that guy's head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. That guy unblowed himself up with a glove. <laughs> it gets it gets cold. Um, so if you have not seen the film, you've got our recommendations already, and hopefully you got a, uh, enough of our dialogue to make your decision. Hopefully you'll be back. And for those who are still here, I'm guessing you have already seen the film and are ready for us to talk about it. So let's get all up in the nitty gritty when it comes to this film spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler uh what do you think about the marvel uh, opening with the guardians all in it loved it especially since this is the last guardians movie yeah well it's the last guardians movie with the original guardians right i loved it i think it was very fitting and seeing yondu in there it was just it was it was perfect Kind of showed you how far we we've come, you know. Honestly, with this team. Honestly, yeah. Um, and even though like parts one and two start off mostly with a kind of entertaining dance sequence, we do not get that at the beginning of this no, movie at we all. Do not. Um. Instead, Fuck. they they <laughs> immediately they go for the neck. Yeah. They immediately go for the neck because James Gunn knows this is his last one, and he said, "You know what." Y'all are gonna fucking cry. And damn it, I cried. You're gonna feel it. Now I will say this. I mm-hmm. did not cry until one specific part of the movie, and that's what really opened it up for me. And it really got me. I, I have it one wasn't two. until the third act. S- similar. I, I have one too. Um and I've I've had conversations that people broke at different times because I think different moments mean different things depending on, you know what you come in here with mm-hmm. what you what what you know you bring also to the table but our film starts off with a flashback of baby rocket being selected for experimentation by the high evolutionary on counter earth we then dissolve into rocket in present day listening to an acoustic version of creep by radiohead and walking through nowhere which we saw in the holiday special the guardians is like their headquarters now um we see mantis dancing uh drax nebula Groot eventually Kraglin and Cosmos. Um, the latter two get into like a pissing contest because Cosmos using her telepathy to kind of show Kraglin how to use his arrow. He's not really down with it yet. Uh, I thought he would have been better by now, but I guess, I mean. I mean, he's doing better than I'd be doing. He's he also whistled down. The guy who knew how to do it the best died and never gave him a, a single like tutorial. Even, or like test. a little instruction <laughs> manual. Like just no. leave, leave a little step-by-step, you know, 10 bullet points. Poor Kraglin. <laughs> Um, Rocket eventually passes Quill, who has been drowning his feelings about missing Gamora in a Galactic Four Locos, I guess, and he is not feeling it. What did you think of the team constantly referring to her as kind of like dead? Like, like, do you think that's just like an easier answer? Like, this is easier. Yeah, Gamora's dead. She's gone. It, It sucked. Like, I mean... They're not wrong, though. Right. But here's my question. Mm -hmm. Where's the fucking TVA for this Gamora? It's a good question. You know what I'm saying? Like, where where are they at? 
They're coming and rounding up fucking her, buddy. Well, it goes back from 2014, (laughs) still running amok. I think it goes back to possibly what they said in Loki 1. Like, that was something that was supposed to happen, even though it broke the rules. To stop Thanos, who then yada yada, divine intervention or whatever. Yeah, but... Hey, it's not to say the high evolutionary didn't know Kang. I'm saying I think some of this stuff is connected more than, you know... I, I could totally see that that being something. Um, so Nebula carries a drunk quill to his bed, which is the moment you're speaking. This of. is the moment that pissed me <laughs> off in the trailer because, like, when they're carrying him, it's slow motion as fuck. They've got the music playing in the background. We don't know what's going on. It's it's that since you've been gone song that's playing in the trailer, yeah. and yeah. it's like fuck. What happened to Quill? And I was convinced. I was fucking convinced that peter quill was gonna die <laughs> yeah and i saw that moment and i was like that's it he's gonna die or he's really hurt or something no motherfucker is drunk that there's no way that scene was not for the trailer you know, there's no way he didn't think you know what <laughs> i'm gonna film it this way because it tells what i need to tell but also i'm snapping for the for the trailer they just gonna have to deal with it um so rocket says we need to do something about quills like unhealthy coping mechanisms but you know they're like not it craglin calls cosmo a bad dog for upstaging him which i mean that's that's drawing the line somewhere and quill has been in in the same rut since endgame um unbeknownst to them aisha from part two queen of the sovereign has sent her creation adam warlock to retrieve rocket for unknown reasons Warlock comes into nowhere like a bat out of hell, crashing through Rocket's home, breaking Mantis's arm, pummeling Drax nearly to death, disabling Nebula, beheading Groot, and eventually causing so much damage to Rocket that he goes into cardiac arrest. What do you think of the debut of Adam Warlock? Strong, strong intro. I was yeah. so pumped. I was I so pumped. <laughs> And we'll get to why the word, the key word is was <laughs> in a little bit, but I right. was so excited. Initially here, we're already seeing a level of brutality in their action sequences that I don't think they've shown before. You know, uh, the blood with Drax, the, the, the breaking of Mantis, like how he just snapped it. He just grabbed it and <laughs> broke it in front of us. I was saying they bugging. I'm like, who's supposed to stop this man? He just go. He's running a uh, rough shot. I love the crazy, uh, crazy on you. Uh, play the the. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that uh guitar riff. So as he's just flying, lock laser. It was the perfect song for that scene. I was like, damn, this That's is kind of cool. I don't Gunn, like it. Like, <laughs> that, that, James Gunn picks the perfect music for his scenes. Yeah, and the thing is, I've seen now this several times for notes, right? There's just certain moments that are shot so well to build tension. Like, if they were shot any other way, it wouldn't have maintained the same um, urgency. Like, the moment in this scene is where uh, Adam is punching Drax, and at the same time, Quill's trying to save Rocket. Right. And Mantis is crying, and Drax is dying, and Adam Warlock is punching, and uh, you know Rocket's passing out, and you're just like, what? What is going on? It's just so much going it's on chaos. at the same time. Yes. And before he can cause more of that chaos, Nebula uses her nanite arm that she got from Rocket to stab through this nearly indestructible golden menace. Adam flies away severely injured, 
But um, yeah, it's confirmed that that arm was given to him by Rocket, given to her by Rocket, which we could only guess was a gift because she gave him Bucky's arm. <laughs> an arm for an arm, man. Hey, as the saying goes. As the saying has always been. <laughs> an arm for an arm leaves everybody uh, left-handed. <laughs> While Rocket is recovering, and what a what a way to do this, right? Because there's from the trailers, you can't tell where any of this stuff comes from, but we end up getting significant moments of Rocket's backstory through him being in this sort of coma-like state. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we flash back to the first group of friends he he ever had. We see him shoved in a cage as a baby, you know, uh, raccoon post-experimental surgery he's crying his wounds are fresh he's still bleeding and let's be real we all love how cute raccoons are so when you see a baby raccoon and he's got tears in his eyes oh my god i melted butter in a bowl they had to inject or you know surgically implant opposable thumbs on him so he has these metal fingers it's 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 jacked Man. It's a lot. It's, 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 a lot. It's, it's a lot to see, and it's he he's crying and shivering. Um, and uh his face, uh, like I said, he said, yeah, he's got his face injected with metal as well. Because they're trying to change the way his uh his whole face is um it looks. It's like fingertips laced with alloy, he has his skull shaved because they just did something to his brain. Uh he looks around and he sees a rabbit who is basically has spider mechanical spider legs surgically attached to it and a Hannibal it's, Lecter mask yeah some um, piece of metal over its mouth and speaks through like a speaker box that thing was terrifying a little bit it reminded me of the baby head doll from Toy Story 1 100 100% with the, with the metal spider legs yeah and ultimately you realize that that thing is horrifying but harmless like that's one of the parts of that of that film yes. and this is what it happens here as well um he sees an otter with mechanical hands and a seal with huge tires implanted into its side. These animals do their best to comfort the scare raccoon, and the otter wipes the blood from its skull. They all become fast friends through hardship. Um, this is a rough scene, but it's going to get <laughs> rougher. <laughs> it's going to get way rougher. Uh, and that's what she said. Even with Warlock gone, our heroes are not out of the woods yet as Rocket goes into shock. Using an x-ray, they determine that someone has placed a kill switch on Rocket's heart that will cause him to die if anyone tries to perform surgery on him. It seems to have been placed there by the company that performed the experiments on him, so the mission is clear. Find the place that manufactured the kill switch, which is a place called Ogle Corp. Get the password to save Rocket's life. Oh, and they have 48 hours. Quill leaves Craglin in charge of nowhere until he gets back. We get other flashbacks that show, um, even in the depth of their dirty cages, the experiments... In batch 89, find time to comfort each other, even creating games, laughing and smiling. Again, jacked up again. Wholesome. Um, a wholesome moment, but you can still, like, they're literally making the best of nothing. Mm-hmm. And Which, you know what that reminds me of? I was, I was just going to say, I was going <laughs> to say, like, it, there's moments of this that tug at me because I, I gained brothers through my time in the military through hardship where there were times where i remember times in basic where you would just hear people crying you know you just sit in the bunk you hear people crying and then or even overseas and then you guys talk about family back home you guys talk about you know what you're going to do with you when you guys get out and all this kind of i've done this now obviously this is a bit more severe um but 
I I get the camaraderie that gets built in situations like this. It really does build family. Um, it's revealed that Aisha sent Adam Warlock to retrieve Rocket at the behest of her creator, the High Evolutionary Herbert Wyndham, which gonna, didn't fucking know that they were created by the High Evolutionary. And I love that he's like, I made you guys to like, and you guys are whack now. So I'm just gonna <laughs> kill, I'm gonna kill you all. Uh, if you guys don't, whack. yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but did you see? There's a moment. There's a comedic moment in here. He never is comedic, in my opinion, ever again. Besides, this one comedic moment in this scene, and it's not even verbal. When he walks up to Aisha, his recorder puts a step stool yes! in front of him, yes, so he can stand on it, so he can be taller than her. And and that when, Dude, I, when it first died. happened, I laughed. Yeah, I'm pretty then, sure I was the only one who laughed at that scene. That was fucking hilarious and petty and so petty. What a petty man. I loved <laughs> um, it. You know, um, and yeah, he's like, you guys are, you guys are flawed, you know, uh, and I will execute your whole race. If you don't end up finding rocket before anyone else, she apologizes and she's like, oh, it's your fault. You removed Adam from his cocoon too early. Uh, and he's now, he's like basically a kid, I guess a child. Um, and he comes across as childish, but he's also like fiercely loyal to the cause. Like he's down to do whatever his mom says. So evolutionary just repeats, find Rocket before I do, or I'm going to destroy your whole race. Uh, is this, is this the, the Adam Warlock moment that you, this is the beginning. This is when end? I realized I was <laughs> excited for Adam Warlock. And now I am just like, what in the actual fuck is going on here? Like, yeah. I get James Gunn's got to add the comedy shtick to it. I get it. Yeah. Especially with this being the Guardians, and that's part of what they are is comedy. Mm -hmm. But this character did not need that. I, if this I character that. was what he was in that opening intro scene for him the whole way through, this movie would have been a 9.5 out of 10 for me. It lost a whole point for that. Okay. I think that's interesting. Um, I, I will say uh that i think it was done for several reasons i don't necessarily like him being nerfed it felt like a trevor trevor slattery moment at, at points um but i will say that adam warlock is known for two big things like there's only two things he's known for i don't say i wouldn't even call them big i'm just saying there's only like two things he's known for it same way like with the titanic right like if you do a movie about the titanic people gonna expect it to sink adam warlock is known uh for having a very very dark deviant part of his psyche that breaks out and is called Magus. It's a universe ending threat. Um, so I wonder if he was played a bit childish in this to, to make that turn more sinister. Um, if, and when that happens, I actually thought they wouldn't have the restraint, but to hint at it in this and they didn't. So I'm glad, uh, that leaves it, that leaves it open for that. But the second thing is, I think he's meant to, if this is to continue under a different director, I think he's meant to be the Drax of the new team. He's meant to be the the kind of dim, very now, strong. I'm uh, not familiar with the Guardian source material. Was mm -hmm. Adam Warlock a Guardian? He might have been at some time. Warlock is one of those space people that joins like 800 teams. His big thing is that he had the soul gem in his head. So when uh, Thanos was coming around, like that was a whole big thing. He was a big part of the Infinity Gauntlet uh, story. He's known for the Infinity Gauntlet. And he's known for the Magus thing. Those are the two things that he's known for. So when he showed up in this, and when he got nerfed, I was just like, 
eh, I don't know him. Like, I don't know another. I, I can't be like, why don't you do him like this story? And not not to say there aren't stories where he has more depth and stuff, but he's always been made it to be like this weird space Jesus <laughs> creation. Yeah. Uh, perfect. The Keanu uh, Reeves of the MCU. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so our heroes find out that Ogu Corp is the company behind most of the cybernetic prosthetics in the galaxy and the secret front that funds the high evolutionaries experiments. As they counter the location shields, Mantis reads Peter the Riot Act over not attempting to reconnect with family on Earth. Peter says the only family he has is his granddad, and he's probably dead. Um, what did you think of Mantis being like, yo, what about Earth? I mean, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. Yeah. Hell, he was on Earth during Endgame. Yeah. <clears throat> While you were there, why didn't you go look him up? <laughs> you know, I mean... They have the how, internet. How'd they get back? I guess they still have a spaceship on. No, that thing would have got blown to smithereens, I guess. What, what do you mean? How did the Guardians get back to space? Because they came they, in there they on the portal. In, uh, Rocket had his ship. Right, okay, yeah. That's and the they ship hopped that, in Rocket's yeah. ship, and then they just upgraded along the way. And Thor, Thor. That's when and Thor, Thor is, right? Yeah, but at the end yeah. of Endgame, they all hopped in the Guardians' ship and left. I heard that James Gunn was glad that Taika was able to create do the separation in Love and Thunder because he didn't want anything to do with Thor in this film. Oh, I would have loved to see just a clip of it. Yeah. Just a clip, you know? Because yeah. I, I feel think, like... I think if you have wrong. a fourth, I think if you have a fourth Guardians and you know that you're doing it, the mood changes. But I think because he knew he only had this last one, it's like, we ain't got... Eh. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just, like, don't get me wrong, I like Taika. But Thor 4 did not do it justice. We deserved a little bit more from the Asgardians of the galaxy. Yeah, I think so as well. We deserved a little bit more. Um, once they are past the shields, the mission is to break in. Nebula enlists the help of the Ravagers, which can we, includes... Can we pause and talk sure. about this fucking fleshy satellite station? Yes, yes, we're about this to get This thing looks there. fucking disgusting. We're about to get to the anus or whatever <laughs> the, the, the thing this God. thing is supposed to be. But it, it, first, it, it, it's like Space's version. You've seen role models, right? Yeah. It's Space's version of the whispering eye. Oh, dear. <laughs> Her whispering eye. <laughs> first, we have to get back to uh, the 2014 version of Gamora. More matted hair. She's a bit more uh, hard nosed on the edge um she has no idea who any of them are could care less she knows who nebula is because they're sisters um starhawk aka sylvester stallone gives the crew ogu corp uniforms and instructs them on how to infiltrate the facility saying he can't help if they get caught mantis thanks gamora for helping but she's like nah i came here for the money um in another flashback, Rocket as test subject P-13 is shown to have vast intellect and is capable of advanced mathematics and is learning how to speak. Wyndham shows his test subject, the Horizon, explaining that it is counter-Earth and where the experiments will go when they are ready. Uh, P-13 looks to Wyndham as a father figure, looking for his approval and seemingly terrified of his temper. He sees a rocket flying in the distance and he is in awe, says Rocket. Um, Wyndham explains he hopes to create the perfect species and society. He tells P-13 that he's a part of Batch 89, using tech to help evolve a species to its zenith. However, he's created a new batch of experiments who, when exposed to a gas he created, is forced through millions of years of evolution in seconds. The thing is, 
each of these creatures end up extremely violent and hostile. After watching Wyndham kill a test subject in front of him, P-13 suggests some changes in Wyndham's calculations, and Wyndham seems downright shocked that he may have figured it out. Another incredibly screwed up scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, watching Baby Rocket and, and, and High Evolutionary have a conversation was very rough because you can tell that Rocket is trust the right word. Um, he sees a high evolutionary as his caretaker, you know, mm-hmm. he's, I, I don't know about father figure, maybe father figure, you know, but there's a, there's a level of respect and admiration he has with the high evolutionary, but also a, a, a fear, yeah. you know, um, it's almost, like, it's almost loyalty based or it's fear based loyalty is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's almost like when you go through basic training, you don't want to get fucked up. You don't want to get scuffed up. So guess what? I'm following the rules. What's even more painful to me is that it resembles like almost an abusive uh, father-son relationship. Absolutely. You know, um, where he wants his approval. Look, look, I did the, I did the math, right. You know, and, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, rocket sky's blue. Uh, do we like it? Like he's asking if he likes something, right. He's like, yeah. So we like it, it, then he's going to like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We like it. You know, like if there's a, there's a, there's a sad need of approval. Mm-hmm. from um high evolutionary and he'll like he will pepper in compliments and then grab him by his head and be like but you're still not there you know like right. you're not even close to being kind of perfect so we still got a lot of work to do you're still a lot more surgeries a lot more pain a lot more you know ripping you apart and sticking sticking you back together and um yeah uh when he solves this and we'll get to his reaction when he shows him that he solved it but when he solves this this kind of changes how high evolutionary looks at him he's almost rocket in this moment is almost eclipsed uh old windham and he's not gonna like that as the guardians descend on ogu corp the whispering eye quill tries again to reconnect with gunamora but it fails as she has no intentions of being the person quill knew they get inside and change into their uniforms and manage to trick security by accidentally jettisoning their spacesuits. The group splits up with Drax and Mantis, ensuring a safe exit for them and Quill, Nebula, and Gamora going back for Rocket's file. When they find the archivist, Quill tries his trademark charm, but Gamora has had enough games, so she points a gun at her and manages to retrieve the orb with Rocket's information. What do you think about the argument over uh, what's it called, the uh, escalation of force? Yeah. <laughs> in this, yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you think? Whose side were you on? They should have just fucking went for it because Gamora was all about just shooting anybody who came through. Quill was, I guess, Quill's a changed man a bit. He used to shoot people in the face. I feel like back in the day. <laughs> He, he does to, in this. He used to, <laughs> but in uh, through through their time, Gamora, our Gamora, kind of leveled him out. Right. But this Gamora is still very much a child of Thanos. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Quill's having a real hard time accepting that, even though at every chance that she, she gets to prove that she's not the one that he knew she does he still will not accept it to the point that he gives her whole backstories uh you know in the elevator with nebula and, and that archivist i don't know if you noticed but the archivist is played by the woman who plays rat catcher 2 in uh the suicide squad so the lady I with the short hair she looked familiar the lady with the short hair more friends 
and we didn't we didn't talk about it but this is the scene where you see hardcore uh looking over the cameras and at one point she just gets shot gamora just shoots her <laughs> just shoots her in the freaking leg um security gets wind of the intruders and sends officers after drax and mantis who fit the description the two do their best to take out as many as possible with drax but drax is badly wounded when he's shot this is the second time i feel like they faked out drax's death yep. when when nathan Fillion shoots him in the back Yep. And I'm like, oh, it's a wrap. And then I was like, wait a minute. But I saw a trailer and he's wearing that blue coat. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe there's still some time for him. Uh, Peter and Gamora continue to argue about the best way to commit this heist with Gamora willing to kill everyone and everything that stands in her way. Peter begs for an opportunity to speak to security in hopes of changing their minds, but uses the opportunity to deactivate their suit's gravity. Groot brings in the Bowie and uh, manages to pick them up. I like that whole let's scene. Let's talk about Mantis for a second. Sure. She fucking ejected their suits. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. I'm she not, tries hard. She tries she hard. Tries, but I'm not gonna lie. Uh, later on in the movie, Nebula kind of goes ape shit on them, and I you was there team for Nebula. You're team I was, Nebula. I was team Nebula. Some of the I was Team Nebula is, yeah. pretty much the whole movie, and I'll explain why she is also the reason I had my tear up moment. I think that she, while Gunn says that Rocket is a secret protagonist in this, Nebula might have hands down the best secret arc in all of this. Like in mm-hmm. all of it, you have to add in the holiday special, all of it. But if you watch her character progression. From what is it? I'll help you destroy a thousand planets. I think it's the first thing you hear her say. Yeah. To, to Ronin. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, to her dancing with children. You know, yep. like night and freaking day, and it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's Chef's Kiss because it to me, it's I've always believed in that level of redemption. I've always believed that it it is your environment and who you're around to make you feel the kind of person that you are sometimes. And if you can take that person out of there and give them the love and support that I think everyone deserves, you build better people that way. You also got to think though, her and rocket had a similar backstory. A hundred percent. And the abusive relationship, wanting approval from their dad and, and all that. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like she literally went through all those changes that were torture, but she wanted dad's approval. And she was always competing with Gamora to get that approval. Also, something that I didn't uh, remember, if maybe the Eagle or the Sharper Mind MCU fans will remember, but, and I got to see what the sliding scale of time is in this. There's a sliver of a chance that Rocket may have spent more time with Nebula than he did with Star-Lord. Because I don't know how long they were a team for. I'm saying about three, four years, maybe. Five were they a team more. for five? No, 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 no. Oh, I also oh. got to think. Gamora During the blip, Nebula that's what I'm saying. Gamora and, and, and Rocket, I know, had at least five years. No, I don't think uh, Quill no. and Guardians between Guardians one and Guardians two, it was like back to back. So I'd I'd give it a year. That's what I'm saying. So let's be charitable and give them three, right? Yeah, I'd give the team three. Standalone they with the blip, they had five. The, and they uh, were Nebula and they were Rocket. the yeah, and they were the only ones of their kind. Yeah, you know um i think of of when when she pets him and when they're on the you know they're they're on the the ship's i guess steps or whatever and it's just dumb to having to deal with the fact that all the guardians are gone um so yeah they have they have a connection again a secret thread that you don't 
pick up on until you start seeing moments. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about with her progression. You see her react to certain moments and you go, where does that? Of course, that comes from somewhere real. Of course, you start doing the math in your head and you go, of course, that's a perfect reaction. And I will say that's one of the things I loved about this. We we get there in a bit um, now, but I love that at almost at every point in this film, Quill's like, well, we're saving Rocket. I don't care. It's it's an impenetrable fortress. It's covered by... I don't care. I don't care. We're saving Rocket. And his... Just that... that there's something very endearing about that laser focus to save your best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like there's something really cool about... like Because they're usually always, right? Arguing back and forth, coming up with different plans. Maybe we should split up. No. At every point in this film, he's like, no, we're going to go save Rocket. That's where we're going. We're, I don't care who we have to team up with. I don't care who we have to kill. We're saving Rocket. I think I thought that was super cool. No, I agree um, 100%. The test subjects in Batch 89 decide that because they are going to be brought into the perfect society, that they should all have names. The otter is first to want a name, and she calls herself Lila. And then uh, the rabbit goes, Lila. I'm like... You guys are all going to break my damn heart. <laughs> the rabbit says, because she's on the floor. I'm that- laying on the floor, <laughs> so I'm floor. That's his floor. <laughs> and they laugh, but they honor her name. They're like, all right, you're yeah. floor. And uh, the seal, cho- or the walrus chooses teeths. <laughs> um, Not teeth. Teeths. No, teeths. With an F. Because everyone has them, but his are the most prominent. Um, I loved that so much. I also think I read a little bit too much into this animal because you know i'm always trying to make connections and stuff he had like a liverpool accent is this like a beatles i am the walrus <laughs> sort of <laughs> cuckoo <ca-choo. laughs> kind of thing if it's if it is you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen uh james gunn with a deep cut beatles reference in guardians of the galaxy volume three um a raccoon hero tells his friends of his dream that one day he will build flying aircraft and together they will fly into the forever sky they decide to call him Rocket and remark that it's good to have friends. Oh, there's an all there, but now there's about to be a like a rip your out of your chest off. Up. Yeah, literally from here up for the rest of this, get ready to cry, everybody, <laughs> because Nebula uses her tech to look through Rocket's file, and inexplicably, it includes a video of Rocket being ripped apart and put back together over and over in various experiments, and. Her reaction to this broke my heart. Mm-hmm. You can't even see her pupils because she just has black eyes, but they're they're tearing they're hauntingly up. beautiful. Yeah, they're hauntingly beautiful. But they're tearing up, and she says, This is worse than anything Thanos has done to me. Which immediate and you've already seen like there's a literal scene of her being tortured by Thanos mm-hmm. in uh Infinity, Infinity War. War. Or no, so, it, was a, it was in Yeah, it was Infinity War. It was in Infinity War. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you get that scene of her being tortured in Infinity War. Um, so you you get that. And she's now telling you, no, like even stuff like that, like this right here is worse. Um, it's how you set a standard in films like this. You know, the the bad guy has to say, oh, that guy's terrifying. You know, like you need to. Yeah, that's how you set. That's how you set your scales. And we are now told, like, whatever we want to believe, you don't have to mm-hmm. see the rest of it to know that. It was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, Mantis is there crying. Quill can't see. What did you think about this scene of them watching what he went through? I 
appreciated the realistic reactions because at this point, all the guardians together are family. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated the reactions because, you know, if you find out something like this horrifying from somebody in your family and your first thought is, why didn't you tell us? Yeah. Drax's reaction. Why wouldn't he have told us this? Yeah. It was spot the fuck on. It was the perfect reaction. It humanized them so much. Right. And again, in, in ways that it hasn't been before, it's getting personal. Like, especially for Quill. Like I said again, like, my man is like, we going, oh, oh, all right, all right. Where? You did this to my homie? You about to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just saying, uh, sadly, the pass key for the kill switch is not in this file, but they realized that one of the high evolutionary's recorders might have the data. Gamora warns against doing battle with him, but Quill is dead set on saving Rocket. Like I said again, he's just like I don't care. And she's like, "Are you kidding me? He's a thousand times stronger than you." He's like, "I don't, well, I don't care." Um, using Rocket's file, he finds the High Evolutionary's coordinates and decides to venture there. Gamora yells at him for not realizing it's a trap, but the two get into an argument that ends with Gamora shoving Quill before being separated by Nebula. Two amazing moments in this scene. One, she drops a hammer with something like what are you so afraid of inside of you that i need to be something for you and i was like damn come on <laughs> i was like who are you reading out here girl i was like that 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 was he, she put quill on front street right there why do i have to be something for you what are you so scared of what are you running from um she said it a bit harsher than than i would have but you know that definitely happened and the other moment is when she goes to punch Quill, Nebula stops her. Mm-hmm. Nebula. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, this, uh, this, you could have seen the roles being reversed in volume two. You could have seen Nebula get into an argument with Quill and go to punch Quill, and then Gamora's like, yo, chill. You right. know? Um, matter of fact, there's a bunch of cool moments in this because I also love that she's like, take me back to my people, the Ravagers. And, he, and Quill's like, bitch, like, I was a Ravager. Like, for like, Twenty That's years, me. <laughs> yeah, for like twenty years, you've been doing it for like two months. Talk, take me back to my people. We were your people. Like he, the way he gets mad in that sense, I was like, oh yeah, I'm he, with it, man. He was like I, a I ravager, was... ravager. Like he was, you know, yeah, he grew up. Sl- he was skinny enough to slide into tight places to steal stuff, stealing stuff, killing people, all this kind of stuff, putting all this behind him, and having Gamora be like, take me back to my people. Are you kidding me? But um. You know, she calls him at one point like a mutated uh, or a mutilated badger or something like that. And, and Nebula's like, that mutilated badger, uh, you know, gave me these upgrades for my arm. So we're going to save its life. And yep. then there's a bit, look of betrayal on Gamora's face. And Gamora's like, we're family. And he goes, yeah, well, so is he. Yep. And I was like. <laughs> Fucking W Guardians. <laughs> I was, w. 100%, I was like. You damn. Let's go save Rocket. <laughs> let's go do this. Shit. I was so down. <laughs> Um, I was so down. Uh, she says the mission isn't hers. Gamora does and demands she be dropped off with the Ravagers. When she's alone, she tries to contact them, but unknowingly tips off Aisha and Adam Warlock to the location of the Guardians and Rocket. When she um, made that call, I was like, oh, this dumb bitch. When she made that call, I was like, there's nobody on your side that's British. Why are you, why are you just giving your information Hello. freely? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh, yes, it is the Ravagers. I'm Chip Chip Cheerio. I'm Ravager One. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> and she just gives up all the information. I'm like, girl, but, but 
one could argue she didn't care. She doesn't care if they get caught. She doesn't care if anyone on the ship dies. <laughs> she was d- there to get make money and, and go home. So, um, yeah. Uh, but, 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 oh, yes. Yeah, about to get rough again. <laughs> uh, our space outlaws suit up in their comic book accurate suits. And while they are en route to counter Earth, Drax gives Quill a surprisingly effective pep talk in regards to Gamora. Unfortunately, that conversation gets interrupted when Rocket goes into shock again due to fluid fluid entering his lungs. This to me was the mo- was w- w- part one of two incredibly heartbreaking scenes. This one, for some reason, got me more though. I don't know why. He suffers another flashback to when Wyndham searched him out, dragged him out of his cage, threw him in the lab, and yelled at him for being brilliant and figuring out the problem in his equation. Wyndham gives him a demonstration showing the now intelligent but docile creatures he can create using this new method, but is absolutely furious when, his, when it is his creation and not him that figured it out. Mm-hmm. When P-13 mentions the new world, Wyndham makes it clear that him and his friends were never meant to go there. Their purpose was to be ripped apart for knowledge and to use, uh, to use on species that matter. When, uh, Wyndham uh, then tells him that he will have his brain removed in the morning and his friends will be incinerated. All of this, all of this, bro. All of this. The way my man Chuck Woody yells at what you have to remember is probably not anything there in this movie, man. Chuck, asshole. A hundred percent. Fuck Chuck. <laughs> we can say that on this on this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, the way. How did you know? How that that accusatory? Like he stole the information, or like he, you know, like he was hiding it from him or something and rockets coward like coward uh cowering and his innocence like what i thought you wanted me to figure it out like again i'm looking for your approval so i gave you the thing you said you wanted and now you're like about to beat me like 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 again like a like a child you know and you've seen these situations play out sometimes in some of the most toxic families living situations right oh you think you're smart because you're in them books you know you know where that where a dad gets on think you're better than me all that bro that's where i'm getting flashbacks of you know uh fucking parents who just and my parents were fucking godsends but i've seen parents have this weird toxic relationship i gave you everything so don't think you're better than me kind of stuff you know, it's like you, mm-hmm. as a parent, you would want your child to evolve past you, be smarter than you, be more capable than you. But, like, I don't know, man. Can can you can you speak to this frustration? Can you do you see what what no, my man's I, I yelling about? I, like, he's so he's so fucking arrogant. Yeah, that he's trying to create the perfect creatures for society thinking he is the standard for perfection but when one of his creations is smarter than him he is just so fucking arrogant that he cannot let that creature live i love that take because besides what he says later on about how the new creations seemingly lack the same um kind of spark of innovation that rocket that rocket has one could argue that the existence of rocket like his him living is proof that maybe the high evolutionary is obsolete 
right? Because <laughs> if he can do things that he can't, then he is the prime. He is the alpha. He is what the perfect being. But and and what, that what these two both failed to realize is it's not just these one categories. You have to look at it at an overall picture. And yeah. neither one of them did that. No. No. Um, but yeah, like grab being like the only thing that's good about you is in your brain. I'm gonna take it out tomorrow. That that's jacked up. Um he he said he told this kid, his this child, right, that he that's been surgically uh, you know, had surgery on him, repaired, ripped apart, all that kind of stuff. He told him, it looks like you were hobbled together by children with fat fingers. That's what he tells him. As you look at the scars and the, you know, like, like he asked for any of this, you know, and I'm just like, damn, man, like just the, the level of hostility in that verbal abuse was a level I had not experienced in an MCU film in a while. Yeah, it was, it was something. Uh, it was jacked up. Um, and I, what was worse was seeing Rocket be like, feel heartbroken and betrayed once he realizes that they're, they're not going to where they're it was mm-hmm. it was his only hope it was his only silver lining it was the only thing that was making any of this worthwhile was the idea that he can go with his friends to the forever sky and then nope they pull that rug right out from underneath him and it's heartbreaking it really he, was peter and crew land on counter earth which looks just like earth only with animal inhabitants each I bipedal was- fucking so in the trailer i'm like where the fuck are they this looks like earth but like where the fuck are they where these aliens are right yeah yeah and he thinks there was an extension of new asgard (laughs) did you like the statue of evolutionary (laughs) so ridiculous but i love how they just basically made earth but this i like that they use that faith no more song it's kind of experimental it's kind of it's it's meant to make you feel off balance a little bit right off center not exactly there and that's to speak of this entire society right to speak of all his experiments and stuff um so uh after some miscommunication with a mob in a perfect suburban neighborhood um and some help from a bat family peter borrows a, a car and goes with nebula and Groot to meet with the high evolutionary there's a lot to talk about here but first thing i want to say is i love i love kaiju Groot where no. he's like, go kaiju, go kaiju. Go, go full kaiju. Ah! <laughs> and it doesn't oh look God. it doesn't look like he can actually get that big and maintain the same sturdiness. It just looks like he's making himself longer. Like, you know, when you st- like tippy toe kind of stuff. Like, Tiny torso, like- but every all the extensions <laughs> <Yeah>. are. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't know if he has the same strength. So I thought that was really, really funny. Um I thought like this is a, the Bat Family being a Bat Family uh, and and uh, Drax's insistence that a couch is made to be laid on, no, which he's not I wrong was, about. He's not. I was with it the whole time. Like, dude, if I want a couch, I'm laying down. We've just got our asses kicked how many times in the last two days? I'm gonna go fucking take a nap. I almost died several times, sir. Um, he orders Mantis and Drax to stay with Rocket. Gamora watches Rocket, wondering why they care about him at all, and Aisha and Warlock make their way uh, with a Ravager pet. What do you think of that little Funko Pop thing? <laughs> it was adorable. Yeah. I wanted to meet the little furry thing that Trevor Trevor Slattery had. It had no face. It was like a butt. <laughs> I think they'd be friends. How about um, tall? 
they say that this thing is just a furred version of those weird animals that they were fighting when they in the when they were in a nowhere when they were drinking. Mm. They were mm-hmm. betting on these like big ass rat things or whatever like that. Supposedly of some of the species. Oh, that makes uh, sense. Yeah. Um, we did all that as Peter. Oh, we go. We got to talk about the f bomb. What'd you think? I knew it was happening, but once I witnessed it in the actual movie, it made my heart so happy. Yeah. James Gunn pulled all the stops to include the first MCU F bomb. And it was fan fucking. T- I'm, I'm, I'm more upset that Sam Jackson didn't get it because that's his trademark. Yeah. But it made me happy to see that they're pushing the limits. Yeah. And that whole scene was just so fucking great. You push that... the button and then what? Open the fucking door. <laughs> that was a dad F bomb. It really was. It was <laughs> such a dad F bomb. That was a dad F bomb, which oh is why I was, I was like, yeah, my dad would have said the same shit. My dad, fuck me, what's up next? What have you been doing this whole time? Oh my God. Um, but yeah, it's so funny. And then I love that they start driving. He's like, I never drove before. Because I always ask that question. Like with Danny Rand, got into a car. I'm like, what? he never Well, drove I before. thought about it. I was like, yeah, Quill knows what he's doing. And then I thought about it again. I was like, oh, shit. He's been off Earth since he, he was, was eight. 10. Oh, yeah. It was eight, eight yeah. or 10, whatever. Right. Bro ain't never driven a car. <laughs> One of my favorite gags is Gamora watching the car <laughs> drive from the <laughs> it's hitting everything. It's fucking uh, hitting the brakes. All ri- ridiculous. Really, really funny uh, little sight gag there. Oh my god. Um. Uh. Nebula. Oh, did we do this? Yeah. 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 Peter drives and sees that things aren't perfect everywhere on Counter Earth. He sees a drug selling octopus and some guy getting beat up. It's funny because as soon as we get to as soon as we get to like a place of graffiti, I'm like, are we in the hood? That's why I tell my sister, I go, are we in the hood? And it just increasingly gets more hood. And I'm like, they got a hood on counter. That's funny as hell. Um, I didn't expect a drug deal. Like, you know, I was like, I, when I saw the graffiti, I was like, oh, okay. They get away with like, without doing like gangs and drugs by like this mm. random guy getting beat with a pipe. But then you get to the drugs. I like, got right after that. And I was like, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Peter Crow should have stopped for some. Um, uh, we see that High Evolutionary is still experimenting, uh, this time on children, because he has one in like a litter, like a hamster wheel, and, he, and he's like, these kids can live off of 10 calories a, a, a week, and they sleep like one hour a day, but they still don't have, you know, the je ne sais quoi that made up Rocket, so, I don't know, keep this one in the cage or whatever. Um, Neb- Nebula is told to stay behind by security. So Quill and Groot, and Groot meet with Wyndham. We flash back one last time to when Pete 1-3 was told he was going to be killed in the morning. Um, he's thrown in his cage and with tears in his eyes confesses to them, the rest of his friends, that they aren't going to the new world. Luckily, he's been stealing pieces of tech every time he's been let out and makes a makeshift key card that can get them all out if they're still down to escape in a spaceship together. There's this moment, bro. I've seen this. Two or three times now. Which he's like, if you guys are still down, whatever. And he looks at Lila, and Lila with tears in her eyes just nods. Like does like a really soft, like, I don't know if this is gonna work, but whatever. Like whatever. I'm down. 
100 percent. Like I'm down. And again, I'm there. Like fucking right. I don't know what's bro. gonna happen, but we about to let's do this. Let's go. And uh, I felt so <laughs> bad for Floor because yeah. Floor had no idea what was going on. In a way that, yeah, in a way that, that was. I mean, I felt bad even... because it was like you have no idea that you're about to fucking eat it. But at the same time, you are so out of touch that you are you are going out happy. In this moment, she like is running around in circles with the idea that that they're gonna escape, and she's saying, "Oh, we're gonna be together forever." Like she's just like she's she's super stoked. He's not wrong. Uh, they agree, and he manages to get the cages open. He and Lila embrace, but suddenly she is shot by the high evolutionary. Um, the shooting is one thing, right? Watching the otter, the the light oh leave the otter's God. eyes, and <laughs> oh. she says, "Like sky, so fucking sad, bro." Was was another thing. Justice for Lila. <laughs> Having then rocket emote the most guttural soul-wrenching groan that i've ever heard bradley cooper do with this character just deep down in the soul pain again they didn't have to do that either but on top of that windham makes fun of him for crying windham mocks him for crying and in that moment i said i don't want this fucking dead <laughs> That was it for I me. need, I that need was it him for me. gone. I need him gone, 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 gone. Again, you know, nothing cool about this man. Nothing I want to, I don't even want to cosplay this dude. You know like, there's nothing cool about this man. Um, and in this moment, like, I, I, I remember when this happens, I had three emotions. One, obviously sadness, because that's what they want you to experience. Mm -hmm. Um, uh two was then anger and then three i smiled a little bit to myself because i said this is good writing because they they need to want you to have that anger yeah you have to feel how rocket felt in that moment and very few writers can get you there very few directors can get you there you know what it reminded me of the moment in she hulk when they show the sex tape and you're like you know what? I'm with her. I don't give a yep. damn. You know what I'm saying? Like that, they put enough on the table to make the anger earned. Yeah. You know where, where um. Well, he uh, he mocks him. He calls security. He demands he gets back in his cage. But where Rocket just starts jumping on him and scratching him to death. Teeth is calling him to get off, and I'm like. No, leave him for a little bit. I was like, leave him for a little bit. He's he's doing something. Let him cook. <laughs> Let my boy cook. And he's just ripping into his thing. And again, also expertly shot, right? Because you never yeah. see any of the the strikes with the claws land. You just see clips of claws and then clips of evolutionary's eye large and then clips of blood and skin. And you just, you know, you, your, your mind uh, makes the rest of it up. He just keeps clawing at him until uh, a bunch of security show up and they fire at him. No bullets hit him, so he shoots and kills the guards, but sadly, Teefs and Floor were killed in the crossfire. Um, it also sucks because when Lila was shot, Teefs, no, Floor starts running around in circles screaming, Rocket, Teef, Floor, go now. Like, just, we gotta go. Like, like this is, none of this is good. Like, none of this clicked, is good. And it was like, go. And so you have evolutionary laughing, uh, floor 
childlike screaming and repeating itself in a in a weird full panic mode. Full panic mode. Rocket crying from his depths. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, it's sensory overload of this motherfucker. I was like, this is this is a lot, man. This is a lot. Yeah. Um, and then like they have a moment where he looks and he's like, so now what? Like, I only did this for them, and now they're gone. What am I supposed to do? Right. But uh, alone and scared. P13 steals a spacecraft and begins his new life in the vast galaxy. Well, we can call him Rocket now. Yeah, we can call him Rocket. I don't now. like calling him by that designation. We're moving to Rocket. We're in Rocket territory. And even just saying those scenes now, my heart feels heavy. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking <laughs> sad right now, bro. <laughs> like this, that was it was it it was rough stuff, bro. I'm fucking sad, bro. <laughs> Drax disobeys Peter's <laughs> orders and takes an unwilling mantis with him. <laughs> <laughs> to save Peter, <laughs> he's like, "No, we're not gonna go anywhere. Just get on the bike." Are you sure? Oh, to ride yeah, all the way over buddy. there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So they go over there. Uh. Peter gets to the high evolutionary, and high evolutionary just has him on hold, like literal. Hold. Yeah, literally gave him one of these for like a whole three minutes. Like, what the fuck. So he's over it. So he's like, uh, anyway, I see the guy who has the stuff I want. Yeah, so I he, found the guy I need. Give me the thing. So he goes there. Um, the high evolutionary refuses to give him the code uh, and tries to explain his motives. And Quill's like, I don't care. And again, refreshing as hell because I'm of the same mindset. Like, I don't need any of this. And this is after what I, you just showed me. I don't care what your, your freaking mission is. And similarly... I think he says something to Quill about like what's all the hostility. He's like, you took my best friend and you ripped him apart. You know, like Quill has our anger because he saw it all in the ball as well. Mm -hmm. I love that he was like, I don't need another, uh, you know, villain with mommy issues. Talk about why they need to <laughs> perfect the galaxy. What do you think yeah. about this? Scene? Uh, I think I think it was very well done. I think it was very perfect and spoke to exactly where his head was at. And he said, you know what? I've I've done the fucking talking. I've done the fucking the bullshit back and forth. I'm here for the fucking code so I can save my friend. Are you going to give it to me or not? No, because yeah, he's okay. not quipping. He's not well, quipping then, or calling them names or any of that shit. Yeah, he was so serious and so firm in that moment. And it was basically, you're not going to give it to me. OK, prepare to get fucked. He <laughs> In this film, I just got goosebumps because I'm thinking about it. In this film, my man Peter Quill says, kill them all. <laughs> and he says it twice. <laughs> if I would have told you that before before we saw the film. I wouldn't have believed you. I, someone's telling me that Peter Quill is quoted on saying twice, kill them all. <laughs> um, I wouldn't yeah. have believed it. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, th then... Uh, he explains that like rocket was a mistake i'm not giving you the code i need to kill him too uh he realizes that rocket's on the bowie so he sends war pig after him without quill knowing which by <laughs> the way let's talk about that fucking gate scene the gate guards bebop and fucking rocksteady that's what i thought instantly to be honest Instant i wanted one of them to, i wanted one of them to go mama <laughs> stop it oh, <laughs> babies <laughs> They're babies. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really wanted that scene, bro. I, but they are also nightmare. I have fuel. expected Toga and Razor to come out. Uh, th they're nightmare fuel, like their designs and all that kind of stuff. Completely. Oh my gosh. Um, 
give you the heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebies. So they send Warpig out, who's voiced by Judy, Judy Greer. <laughs> and they send Warpig after Rocket. Quill's like, oh, you're perfect society? This society is garbage. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm about to blow the whole thing up. You're right. <laughs> like, you're right. So nonchalant. Open a shut case, bro. You convinced yeah, me. Yeah, no. I agree. <laughs> yeah, Time okay, to like, pull the pin on this bad boy. <laughs> Let's, blow this Let's blow this popsicle stand. I'm sitting here like, oh, oh. And I they legit serious. blew it up and killed all those people. Again, just showing how nonchalant he is about this mass murder experimentation. How villainous he is. He gives no dams. Not a single uh, fuck to be had. Warpig manages to get into the Bowie and tries to leave with Rocket, but Gamora stops him. The two Ooh. do battle until Adam Warlock arrives, and Warpig War tries to argue with him, and Adam Warlock just goes, <laughs> snaps his neck, <laughs> beheads him, and throws it under the ground. Yeah, basically, like, we're on the same side. He's like, yeah, but I gotta do it first. <laughs> yeah. Just beheads him. Um, High Evolutionary's headquarters is shown to be a spacecraft, and he just leaves counter <laughs> Bruh. His perfect society. Can we talk like... about how Adam Warlock is just carrying around this decapitated pig head with a metal spine hanging out? <laughs> yes, and how like he's befriended minutes. He's befriended that little dog thing. Yeah, now he's got a pet and a fucking pig head, and he's just cruising around. Chilling. Um, yeah, so all yeah that the was... pyramid's a fucking spaceship. Yeah, he's like, I'm leaving now. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> and, he be <laughs> and he begins the self-destruction process, and we have already seen not only creatures here, but full families, families and neighborhoods and societies. And we are now welcome to hear all of their screams as random explosions occur all over the planet, killing each and every person before the planet erupts. I'm sitting there again going, what are we the, again? The darkest. The, the implications alone, just, beca just because he was like, yeah, that guy has a good point. Just because it up. happened in the daytime doesn't mean it wasn't dark. Could you imagine somebody like, like, it's like if you made a drawing and somebody was like, oh, that eye's a little bit bigger than the other. And you're like, you're right. Just throw it out. Yep. It's trash now. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to blow up this whole thing. Those fucking bad people didn't deserve that, bro. I, I love the bat dad when, uh, <laughs> when Quill took his car. And he's like, <sighs> I'm going to get the bat work now. <laughs> um, so, boom, boom, boom. Adam Warlock. Nebula calls Drax to bring the Bowie to save Quill and is furious to see Mantis and Drax have left the Bowie behind. Peter allows the high evolutionary to believe he has the upper hand, then commands Groot to throw a grenade, which sends everyone into disarray. In the confusion, Groot reveals multiple firearms that he's with hiding on his person. Bro, it was so epic. Kill them all. <laughs> kill them Go. all and he just fucking just like 19 arms come out and just like oh it was fucking yep. beautiful and grew i mean i know uh, quill's also shooting on his knees it around him honestly, and stuff like that such an and, and there was a part where quill dropped down to a knee and shot through his legs yeah while still shooting like this i was like this is an epic gunfight right here i fucking love it yeah and again i have no sympathy for anybody on this team so i don't give a None. damn to any of them None. um <laughs> uh he neutralizes the guards. Then Quill just spears <laughs> the recorder out of the window. <laughs> and High Evolutionary is like, 
uh okay falling to your death like that's a hell of a plan um and then Groot's like no no i got this Groot jumps out and he sprouts some wings and helps them on their descent but i thought the spearing initially again when we were talking about the layers of darkness with that scene of lila being killed similar i thought him spearing him off the building was kind of jacked right mm-hmm. then i thought him switching positions so that <laughs> when they fall he's gonna land on the recorder i thought that was jacked then they land and he smashes his head against the ground, drags it across like a whole field, <laughs> dra- like sticks it on the water, and then uses his knife to pluck the, the memory core from the dead body. And I was like, yeah, this might be a little dark. I feel like Quill's, Quill's, uh, Quill's definitely got some points that he's trying to make here. But yeah, I was surprised at how graphic the recorder's death was, <laughs> being drugged through lit- the literal mud and then having uh, that thing mm-hmm. cut out of the side of his head. Um, Adam Warlock realizes his mother Aisha might be in danger, so he heads to her as fast as he can, but it's too late. He's hit by the impact of an explosion, and Aisha dies as a result. Not knowing Quill and Groot escape, escaped, Nebula, Mantis, and Drax manage to get on the evolutionary ship, and Drax breaks down a door to get them inside as they head to space. Gamora does her best to pilot the ship and get Peter and Groot. Uh, but even after hooking up the data center, Rocket's life starts to fade away. This is the part of the movie in which I start hearing um, Take On Me from... Uh, oh, that fucking song. From, um, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Deadpool 2. This is the Deadpool 2. This is the Deadpool 2 Vanessa moment. Because he's dying. He sees Lila. Um... And she's not alone. Florentives are there too. And they're ready to go on an adventure all together finally. Rocket tearfully apologizes for getting them killed. And this, I get a little choked up here. Because just to see Rocket cry in his own version of heaven. Uh, apologizing for getting them killed was rough. And uh, he goes to reunite with them. But Lila tells him it isn't his time yet. In the real world, Quill, determined to not let his best friend die, performs manual chest compressions until he comes back to life. Um, it seems like our heroes are out of the woods until Quill learns that Nebula, Mantis, and Drax are still on board Wyndham's ship. He calls Kraglin for backup, and they get ready to retrieve their friends. Again, Rocket's fine, so now they're like, oh, we're going to go get the rest of them, because they're family. That is what it is. Well, um, what do you think of Rocket's near-death dream thing? I was convinced at that point that it was that he was about to go. Did you want him? to go fuck no like like that could like do you think it would have been earned kind of stuff i think it would have if that was his end it would have been a fitting end but i didn't want it yeah i I wanted i wanted him to stick around i didn't want any of them to die i i didn't want him to die and in that moment i literally felt selfish because i was like he can go (laughs) and be with his forever friends and i'm like no (laughs) You bring your ass back here and, yeah. and suffer in the real world like the rest of us. I didn't want him to go, bro. I didn't want him to go. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad he came back. Um, on the ship, Drax, Mantis, and Nebula meet a group of child experiments. No one can get through to them, but Drax, who make uh who makes them but no one can get through to them but Drax, who makes them laugh and gets them to stay away from the side of the ship uh so they can blow a hole in it and escape. This, this is what you're talking about earlier with Nebula yelling at Mantis and then Mantis yelling back at Nebula yeah. that all she does is make things negative. 
Um, I like the moment where he said she says something along the lines of Drax is the most broken, but he's the only one that doesn't feel sorry for himself. Yeah. And I was like, that, that was a damn. tough <laughs> I was like, damn. heartfelt line. Yeah. Um, it was well said, well placed, well timed. It was- Wrong person. <laughs> I just you really see the growth with these characters. Yeah, especially in moments like that. So you really see how far Nebula has come because fucking three movies ago, she would have rather just killed everybody and moved on. Yeah, she wouldn't even argue. There's no point in arguing. Yeah. You only argue when you care. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how do you feel about this recharacterization of Drax? That that's where that's where his usefulness is and his ability to um, bring lightheartedness and and his ability to be a father. Uh, it has always been there it was just never pointed out until yeah. now and i'm glad it was pointed out because it didn't leave it didn't let it, it was the, his send-off wasn't him just being a dummy it was him having a true purpose for the team i'm also getting an uh and i'm, rem- I'm remembering um with that- them pointing it out and this being his final movie it was a perfect way to send him off like hey this was him all along yeah and i you know it also speaks to something because there's a lot of times where he's just standing there and he's just stoic right mm-hmm. like that's kind of what you think of the character um but there's an instance in volume two where he's just sitting somewhere he's not looking like he's sad he's not looking like he's, he's whatever existing. he's just sitting there and mantis touches him and she starts to cry because mm-hmm. she can feel all the pain in him mm-hmm. so which is to say that no matter when you see him he has that in him he is always in some sort of emotional torment because you know. his wife and daughter were taken from him and there's nothing he could do about it so he's doing everything he can to not put that burden on anybody else he was and that honestly drax to me is the absolute best mcu definition of men's mental health in the world today I dig it. And I feel that way because you know it. I know it. You and I have the conversations and you and I still won't tell each other what's going on. Yeah. We, we bottle it up. We got it. It's fine. I'm good. Appreciate you. You know, if I need you, I'll let you know, but I'm good. And you right. don't fucking say anything. And you right. just let it fester and build up and build up and build up until one day you can't move. Yeah. And that's Drax. So he lets it out by being with his new family. Yeah. And being a father figure, but the lighthearted father figure. He doesn't want to be the serious, stern father figure for the for this group. He can't because yeah. he doesn't want to lose anybody else. I can see that. Because I mean, you even remember in Guardians 2 when he flew up with, I think it was Mantis, he flew up in the little jetpack. Yeah, and he was getting on the ship, and Rocket was about to blow everything up because he had to. Right. What was Drax's first question and only where's question? Quill? Where's Quill? Mm-hmm. And he was—he didn't say it in a "Oh, where's Peter?" It was "Where's Quill? Where the hell is Quill?" Yeah. And he didn't want to leave unless he got everybody, and that's when Rocket shot him with the electro gun. Quill's the person—the first person he calls out to when he gets dusted. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yep. so it's it's rough. Like I said, these guys, this so, is yeah. is it. You know, it, these colors don't run. Like th- this has been established yeah. for a, a decade. I believe Guardians One comes out in two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. You know, so nine years. 
um we've lived with this with this family and all of all nothing in this feels forced nothing in this feels like it came out of nowhere for fan service or anything this is the eventuality the evolution <laughs> of these characters if you will the higher evolution the higher evolution but t- for me drax after seeing this film it all clicked together and all had a nice little bow on it drax is the definition of men's mental health or mental health in general because yeah. there are some people, men, women, uh, non-binary, whatever you identify as, in that regard, as you know, they are, they bottle it up because they don't want to push their problems on anybody. Yeah, and Drax doesn't want to do that. He made it very clear in the beginning he wanted to kill Thanos because Thanos was behind the murder of his wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. Thanos is dead, or Ronan was dead, so now it was on to Thanos. Ronan was the hand, but. Ronan's dead, so now it's on to Thanos because Thanos was the puppet master. Mm-hmm. Thanos is dead. Now what's his purpose? He is there to be the glue that holds this team together. Yeah, and similarly, at this point where you realize what he means to the team, I kind of start to understand what this film is about, in my opinion. And I think this film is about the um, the after effects of abuse, mm-hmm. whether it's physical abuse, whether it's verbal abuse, whether it's mental abuse. Yep. Um, one could argue that Nebula is verbally abusing Drax in this moment, um, but she is someone who has been physically and verbally abused herself. Um, you know, hurt and people, what, hurt people. What, for somebody who, for somebody who's been abused, what is your, uh, how do you, how do you act? frame of ref? Yeah, what's your frame of reference for anything for good? You know, love. The only thing you know to do is to react. Yeah. you don't know how to adapt. You react to the situation. That's the only way you know how to operate. Yeah, that's the only power you have, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's so, survival mode all the time. Similarly to, uh, obviously not to the same uh, intensity, but similarly to the high evolutionary yelling at Rocket for being what he is, Nebula's yelling at Drax. Drax is just what he is. Now, maybe he isn't courageous. Maybe he isn't, you know, uh, the best soldier and all that other kind of stuff. But Mantis doesn't want him to be any of that kind of stuff. I love that Mantis says something like, only thing that matters to you is competence and <laughs> something else. Like, it's just a funny line. Like, the only thing that matters to you is if people are smart. And Drax is like, I don't like this defense. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a little bit sad, though, because I thought Mantis and Drax were going to, like, kind of end up together because they always yeah. had that playful banter back and forth. And you all, like, and he always said, I will. All, I have no reason to lie to you. You are horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched but, too. You remember where the planet starts to like eat itself? He lifts her above his head, mm-hmm. willing to die, willing to drown himself. Yeah, it's like he's always been incredibly selfless in these films. And I, I honestly, I thought they were going to end up together, especially when they were separating, uh, yeah. which we're not there yet. But she's like, "No, I got to do this on my own." And you just see like kind of the disappointment, but the pride in Drax's face. His reaction was quite surprising, in my opinion, until, again, you do the math, and it's all there. The math always checks out with this stuff, because um, Gunn does the math. So Quill arrives for the final showdown, but so does Kraglin. And well, he's wait, piling... wait, wait. Here's the part where I cried, though. Okay, go ahead. So after Nebula yells at Drax and Mantis, they get on the radio with Quill. And yeah. Quill is like, yeah, no, we're fine. We got the code, all the stuff. And then Rocket just chimes in and you just hear Nebula. Wait, is that Rocket? Yeah. And she starts breaking down. Yeah, she does like a, <laughs> like she literally like uh, the air leaves her, it leaves her body. Yeah. 
And that was the moment where I first teared up. Yeah. That was the moment for me because it was somebody through all these movies that has had this hard exterior that has just been a brick fucking wall just broke down and you finally got a humanized version of her. I am uh, I'm having because goosebumps right now me, because I'm listening I'm listening you're you're 100% right in 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 this but I'm also thinking like isn't it ironic that we even seen her deal with the death of her sister with with gritted teeth like she didn't even she didn't ball for that she you know she cried she she was emotional but she you know like she I felt like she got through it but you also have to way. think at that point with her and her sister yeah they had made amends they were defending the galaxy together at that point but they had only been back on good terms for about a year yeah maybe even less <laughs> rocket and nebula spent so much time together and got so close over those five years but i feel like it, it's even compounded with what you're saying like there's a bit of that but also on top of that is this idea that yeah, she did lose Gamora. She's lost everyone. Maybe Rocket is the last bit of family she has left. Maybe that reaction is a reaction from somebody whose life sucked so much that she kind of just probably expected him to go to, you know, in all of this, in the middle of Steve all of this. But if you also think about it, if Gamora came back, like the real Gamora came back and was like, yeah, yeah I survived the fall, mm -hmm. she'd lose her fucking mind. 100%. So this was more of a celebration of life. If Rocket died, we would have seen the exact same reaction that we got for Gamora. Yeah. She handles death in a very stoic manner, but near death is what breaks her. And I wonder if that is uh, almost a side effect of having so much negativity in your life. Like this is, th there was a spark of, you know what I'm saying? Like, <sighs> I didn't so, lose this. I didn't lose this. This is the one thing that didn't go bad. It didn't suck. That didn't betray. That didn't, you know, like he's alive. Finally, I, it's like a win when you finally get it, like a semblance of a win. <laughs> I will. I will uh, bring a couple of points to this. Sure. Um, for me. And you've been in the military. You've seen it, too. Mm -hmm. Seeing all the people die that we right people we've known and gotten close with they're just numbers to the system but to mm -hmm. us they were people 100% after that it's all numbers at that point yeah and we don't want it we try our best but when my grandparents both died i was very stoic at the funeral yeah it was very reserved and you gain a different relationship with death. When when I when yeah, we we have a very different relationship. I had a very different reaction when I got the call that my grandmother passed mm -hmm. and when my grandfather passed. But when we were at the funeral saying goodbye, it was I had my moments, but overall it was very reserved, reserved and calm and just a, a, a smooth demeanor. Matter of and fact, I'm not saying that because I'm an emotionalist bastard. I mean, you know me; you've known me for a couple of years now. I do, I do put on a very tough exterior. Yeah. Um, but it's also flip it to the office mm -hmm. when Kevin sat there for that uh, talking head. It's just nice to win one. A hundred percent. Like you see his emotion; he is not the real Kevin that we know. Right. He's. 
he's genuinely happy and he doesn't know how to project it because he's always been the office clown, the goofball, the, the dum dumb. And that's what he's known for. But now it's, you know what? I got to win. That was really good. I have a question. Do you think in that moment she realized how much rocket meant? Or do you think, think she did. always knew? I think, I think if she lost him, we would have gotten that similar Gamora death reaction. Yeah. But when she realized that, oh my God, he was almost gone, but he's still here. Everything flashed in her brain to what they've built over the last several years. And she was like, oh my God, I almost lost that. We, we, I guess you could also probably argue that her intensity and her anger towards Drax is the idea that if any of this mission goes wrong, Rocket dies. Mm-hmm. So in also, this, yeah, absolutely. So in this instance, when being told that Rocket is alive, is like I was getting way, you know, like I got, I got way in my head about this. Like I was getting ready to fight other <laughs> guardians because you know I, this is getting so dicey. Right. Um, so yeah, the, uh, absolutely brilliant moment. Um, uh, I said Quill arrives, so does Kraglin, piloting the entire nowhere. There's just a celestial skull. Like, that's the most metal thing of all time. Like, for real, dude. <laughs> I was ready for them to show up blaring pirate metal at this point. Yeah, right? Like, holy shit. Like, Space honestly, shanties. Dude, like, honestly, if they came through that fucking time, uh, that fucking jump, yeah. and it was, they were blaring, I don't know if you've ever listened to, I don't know what if you listen to metal at all, but if you ever mm. look up a band called uh Ailstorm, not Hailstorm, Ailstorm. Ailstorm. That's pirate. A-L-E-S-T-O-R-M. Mm-hmm. They are pirate metal. They have a song called Captain Morgan's Revenge and a song <laughs> called Drink. Out. Literally, either one of those songs would have been perfect for that moment. Just the fucking intro guitars coming in. Yeah. And, oh, it was fucking it, in my head, it was epic. And it's an epic entrance for the Ravagers. Like they're another kind of uh, character and team that's been throughout all of this for the most yeah. part, you know. Especially Kraglin, and um, you know he gets this kind of cool moment. And with them being space pirates, and then like the whole gun thing being like over the eye and, and all that kind Mitch, of stuff. I'm, I'm like, a little, I'm a little disappointed. They only had one shot. With <laughs> this like, come on, you, you gotta, gotta make a it impressive. Fucking head. <laughs> you gotta you make got it room. impressive. Yeah, you definitely got to make it impressive. The, the, and you're right. They take that one shot. They shoot a massive hole in the side of Wyndham's ship. Cosmo uses her telepathy to connect the ship with nowhere so that the children can break out of that hole. Um, as this unfolds, the high evolutionary starts acting more erratic, right? He's flipping the hell out now. Uh, kill them all. Kill them. Like, send, all send the house on. team is like, we need to get the fuck out of here or we're gone. And how did you like, feel about the mutiny? How did you feel about the mutiny? Oh, I loved happens? it. I yeah? loved it, bro. It was is that perfect? Is that another narrative shorthand to show how off the rails he's gotten? Yes, because he is literally focusing on this one piece of the. It's not even the mission instead anymore. Of, instead of the big picture. Yeah, it's not even if the mission. You anymore. really think you cannot create the perfect society without this? You have already failed your entire goal. And who are we following? 
Right? Who are we following right. that is willing to blow up, kill, all that kind of stuff for this one raccoon? Everything that we've built, everything that we've and done. And you see that one person's face. You see it. She was debating so hard. <laughs> yeah, like, the whole time. I know if I if I go against him right now, I'm going to fucking die. Oh, let me but... say the line. The line. Because she says something about God. And he goes, there is no God. That's why I stepped in. And I was like, right. that's, a, that's a cold line, bro. I was like, cold I, I was like ice, I, bro. I was like, I'll give you that. I was like, I'll give you that. That was a cold line. Was cold that was cold as ice. That was and that's when she goes like, he's he's getting he has one more time yelling me in my face like that. She said, he got one more time yelling me in my face like that. I don't think you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, he's so obsessed and with capturing Rocket that his subordinates start to betray him for taking things too far. So he kills them all in a fit of rage. He releases his Hellspawn army of grotesque killer experiments who attack the ship and invade nowhere. Kraglin gets advice uh, from Force Ghost Yondu, who I would love seeing Michael Rooker get a check. I was like, cut that check for that man. Yondu's also now been in all of them. He's been in all three Guardians and the Holiday Special. Michael I Rooker. I was so happy to see Yondu again. Yeah. I was so happy. It was for like 18 seconds. And it yeah, was just... Real quick. And like I said, he's like a Force Ghost. And they didn't have to make a big deal about it either. I dug it. Um, it's Yondu who tells him to use his heart to wield the arrow, and it works. He's almost taken out uh, before he has his life saved by Cosmo, who he eventually calls a, a good dog. dog. Yes. Mantis, Nebula, and Drax are found and thrown into a pit with three monstrous obelisks, which is the creature from Volume 2 that yep. like shoots rainbows <laughs> or whatever. But as you, as you know, they don't eat humans. They only eat... Either Amulax or Harbillary batteries, depending on Harbillary batteries. <laughs> depending on who. Uh, uh, <laughs> such a dumb joke. I'm just blatantly getting it wrong. It's such a I loved joke. it so much. My favorite Drax. My favorite Drax joke is "Get out of the way, dumber, smaller group." <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite Drax line. Oh man. Um, Mattis befriends and tames the beasts. And uses them to reunite with the rest of the Guardians. It's a pretty cool moment because the Guardians land like, all right, guys, we got to save Mantis, Drax, and Nebula. And then, boom, you see them riding the, these big-ass monsters. <laughs> it goes like, all, all right. right, I guess we're leaving. And, and like, that, like when he, they had that conversation, I'm like, well, it makes sense. You guys came here to get them, and they're, you know, no one needs saving, so they consider getting away. And then let's talk about, um, like, they're getting ready to leave, and then... yeah. They talk yeah. about they got to go save all the people. And, and I then... feel like the two the two or three people who were protesting the most were Mantis, Nebula, and Rocket. Yeah. They're like, we not we can't leave these people behind. Yeah, we can't. They're, they're... And then Rocket was like, you know what? I'm I'm tired of running. Yeah. I'm not running anymore. And he just fucking left. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Let's go. Yep. And then you get, no, sleep down. Man, man. Epic. Man, man. And, you know they all walk in stride together in slow motion and fire behind them there's a moment there's a moment where gamora's like man fuck all this and she's about to leave and then she's like nah and she turns around and she walks with them and i'm like yep you already know and there's moments in this series she there's there's without a doubt in my mind she was transformed watching quill refuse to give up on rocket on that hospital bed that lengths that that he would go for that no one's ever cared about her that much no one that and then going through his bag oh yeah and finding the family picture and all that yeah 
yeah so she she realizes that they she not she, then he may not be her long lost love but he's a good guy and this is a good yeah. group of people that care and love each other and she knows nebula so that <laughs> that helps too but we get this badass two-minute action scene set to No Sleep Till Brooklyn, where we see our Guardians of the Galaxy fighting what I feel like is the first time as a team. Like, like they make quick work of these these <laughs> these guys. Uh, watching that almost one shot, right, where they're all working off each other, they're doing combinations with each other. Um, Groot is sticking his branch down people's throats and you know beheading them, and rockets climbing on Groot's long ass arm. It was a very good shots. continuous shot. It very very Avengers Avengers style. I don't know if we've ever seen them work that efficiently together. I don't think we have either. And even when Drax opens the door and they're all on the other side, I'm like, damn, that's a lot of people. I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna work. And no, they just they mowed they just right through them. Full send. They mowed they mowed right through them. It was so um, gratifying because <laughs> they're all monstrous, uh, grotesque monstrous beings. Um, so. They take down the enemy army, and Rocket goes back to where they kept Batch 89, and it's heartbroken to see many animals still in cages, ready to be ripped apart and put back together. Um, he sees the first cage he remembers being in as a child, and opens it to see a bunch of baby raccoons. They were so cute. This is my tear up moment. Th- this, this moment right here. Because, and I, I, I'm going to try to do my best to explain why I teared up, even though I kind of can't. Um... There was something about how they came to him in curiosity, in innocent curiosity. There's been it's been such a long time since Rocket's been around innocence. Such a, he had it ripped up, ripped from him from the moment he, they took him out of that cage. He's had innocence ripped from him, and in this moment, they don't see him as a monster or a, a fly, you know, like a, a, a spaceship uh, pilot or a ravager or a guardian. He's just one of them, and they. They surround him without hesitation. For the first time, he is almost um, unconditionally loved. Yeah, they just come around, and something about that, I was like, <laughs> and he even tears up, and he's covered in baby raccoons. <laughs> it's like, it's like my man Rocket covered in baby raccoons with a tear in his eye. I was, I was, that I was, was gone, bro. I was gone, bro. Um, he realized, and I feel like he looks around. And he's like, "It's gonna be a hell of a thing to get all these." There's so many damn animals in here. Like he looks around, like, "I don't know how we're gonna do it. But we're gonna have to do it." And just when that happens, suddenly, uh, Palpatine returns. But no, suddenly, <laughs> somehow, 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 Wyndham shows back up and um, calls Rocket P one three, calls him an abomination, uses his powers to stick him to the ceiling. But Rocket uses his gravity boots to escape Wyndham's grasp and corrects him by introducing himself as Rocket Raccoon. Um, Which is the first time he's used his full name yes. in these movies. Also, he didn't—he never knew what a raccoon was. Yeah. Everyone kept calling him a raccoon. He didn't know what a raccoon was until he saw the word raccoon written as the species on his cage right before Wyndham shows up. He's, and he owns it. Um, he owns being one of these creatures, again, that came to him because he is one of them. It's just, mm-hmm. it's all very beautiful. Bit of me, bit of me wanted, uh, bit of me uh, now in hindsight would have liked them to save the F-bomb for here. <laughs> I'm rocket fucking raccoon. Oh God, that oh, I'm fucking excellent. Ra- oh, I'm fucking rocket raccoon. But 
I think they could have even given us a flurkin. I would have taken a flurkin. I'd have taken a flurkin. Yeah, I'm I'm rocket flurkin raccoon. But I think maybe dumb people would think that that's like a middle name or something like that. <laughs> and they'd have to put that on the fungo pops. It's a whole thing. Um, then he just blasts him, and then in a very fun sequence, they all just show up and whoop his ass. <laughs> no, the guardians just show up and take turns whooping his ass, and you care not. Uh, for him because he is a miserable uh, piece of crap. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. And um, then Gamora just outright rips his face off because a bit of it's dangling off the side. And she's like, I want this. And she just rips his face off <laughs> in the last bit of body horror, right? And that was the horrifying yoink. as well. That's that's not something you show your kid. Yeah, six, no. Six well, year old, uh, <laughs> my, I'm not taking my seven year old niece to go see that, uh, but I will take my 18 year old daughter. We've seen, <laughs> we've seen a. I took her to see Renfield. Oh, and, okay. And I heard yeah. that's a bloodbath. It, yes. So, <laughs> and she, we walked out. I was like, "So, what'd you think?" And she was like, "Meh." Were you surprised by this this level of gore and this showing his face the way they did it? No. 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 I kind of half expected it. I I wasn't. I wasn't surprised, but if we didn't see it, I wouldn't have been surprised either. Uh, I don't want to say I expected it, but I also didn't not expect it. It wasn't out of the realm of possibility. Right. Yeah. I, got I, I was, I figured they were going to pull out a lot of stops in this movie. what do you think about the idea that he was wearing a mask over, over that? Um, I had once, so as as we see the flashbacks, we see him go from a regular looking person, and mm-hmm. then we see in the next flashback we see little bits of mechanics attached to him, and then yeah. the next one there's even more, and then finally we get the final form where he's bald, his face like around it there is the the robotics, so he's trying to perfect himself along with everybody else too. Yeah, I I I imagined at one point they took his entire skin off to update his insides oh boy yeah yeah i also i also think there's a bit of meta commentary here right this idea that he looks all pristine and looks all you know well to do but underneath he's a monster underneath he's he's uh ugly and a monster um but possibly the coolest little callback is it's not a trap what is it? It's a face-off. It's a face-off, and he got his good mother- reference, by the way, to the yeah. Nick Cage John Travolta movie. Yeah, and he got his face off. Literally <laughs> t- ripped off. They took my man's face off. Um, Rocket chooses not to kill him. Says he's a guardian now. What? How do you feel about that? And are you excited for a potential high evolutionary return? He's not coming back. Didn't he blow up in the ship? I feel like you're you're not evolutionary. You've got some other tips or tricks in your little in your little super nah, he's, suit. He's toast. So you think that was a um I don't gotta kill you, but I don't gotta save you moment? Pretty much. I feel like him saying I don't gotta kill you is supposed to let us believe that he's he's led to he's gonna be somewhere somewhere. I don't have to kill you. <laughs> I don't have to fucking help you. I definitely don't gotta look at that face. <laughs> you feel me? So we out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, they re- I, I, well, go ahead. No, you're, you're good. No, they rescue every living being they can before Cosmos loses her, the strength to continue her telepathic hold on the ship. Peter's the last one to try to make it over, but 
ends up going back for his zoom with no helmet he does his best to make the jump but ends up floating in the space between and starts to succumb to the harshness of space Groot tries to save him but his branches turn to ice the guardians watch as their leader literally dies before their eyes only to be saved by Adam Warlock and they recreate uh, the creation of Adam <laughs> painting with the fingertips they touched I, it. <laughs> I, uh, I thought this was it for Peter I I thought it could have been, but I thought I thought I would have been upset if it was because it felt like a lame death for the caliber of character that he well, was. Well, the way I thought of it was is if this was going to be it for him, he did go out grabbing the one thing he has always gone back for, and that is the music from his mom. Right. So if he died doing that, I fully understand it. I get it, and I would have respected it. I would have been sad as fuck. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> I think now's the time to bring up this uh, idea that James Gunn has had some issues with how his characters have been held or dealt with in movies that he did not direct. So according to James Gunn, the uh, helmet from Star-Lord was destroyed in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I thought uh, he had it back in... Um, he did. That wasn't Gunn's choice. In Infinity War and Endgame? Yeah. Those were the Russo brothers. Oh. So the Russo brothers brought the helmet back. He didn't want the helmet brought back. So the helmet oh. does not make an appearance in this at all. No shit. And um, when asked recently, like maybe four days ago, where where it's at, he goes, I don't know. It's on nowhere. Or he left it on the, <laughs> or he left it on the thing. But um, yeah, it's basically just that. It's basically just the... Uh, I was wondering why I didn't see it. Oh, the helmet, right? It's yeah. very trademark. I, I, that's another thing. It's like, did, this guy's going to die because he didn't have the balls. Oh, he didn't remember to bring the, his most iconic piece of tech with him. Like, what a, what a death. <laughs> yeah. like, that you know, that's like uh, Cap being shot. The one guy, yeah. the guy with the shield? The guy with the shield yeah. got shot? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the... um, so, uh, blah, blah, blah. the Guardian, oh, we did that. Badly damaged, Peter asks if it looked cool. <laughs> which that's in true star lord fashion yeah which also goes to like is he cool mary poppins which goes to Groot crashing the ship did that look cool <laughs> uh they really but care like about his cool. face did this weird thing that it didn't do in guardians one which i thought was supposed to be the visual sign that he's dead that's what i thought too yeah uh, his face gets incredibly bloated. What I thought was funny was with his face bloated and like the icicles in his hair, he kind of looked like Kurt Russell. <laughs> Not saying Kurt's bloated. I'm just saying I think I think. Kurt, please don't come after me, Mister <laughs> Mister Snake Plissken. Snake Plissken's gonna come cancel us. Please don't. Um, but but but. Uh, badly damaged, Peter. Yeah, acts if it looked cool. They all share a group hug. Even Adam Warlock gets in on the group hug. I love that because he's like, I'm not a part of this, but I'll, like, I'll join. I'll be around. Um, later, Gamora has a conversation with Groot, and one of the longest running gags in this is that she couldn't understand him. Everyone else seemingly could, which I have a question that we're gonna get to in a bit about a certain interpretation of a scene. But um, earned moment, right? I think so. Or where like Groot realizes that she understands, he gives her a look like, see, like you get it, like you were fighting <laughs> it this whole time, like there's no point. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> um, 
she says goodbye to Peter and he's able to finally let her go be with the Ravagers. I love that she was like, were we fun? And he's like, like you wouldn't believe. God, that was such a, that was such a good moment. So mature. Very. Heartbreakingly mature. <laughs> a level of maturity I probably wouldn't have had in the moment, but he was able to stand oh, his fuck ground. Oh, no, and, dude. Yeah, he was able to stand his ground and, and let her go. Good for him. And let that be a case for everyone out there who's listening to this podcast. Let them go. If they want to go, if they're pushing you in your spaceship because they want to go, <laughs> let them go. You can't hold on. You can't make people love you. You can't make uh, people stay with you. If they're meant to be, they'll be around. Uh, and if they're not, maybe they'll just hang out with some rabbits. What is meant to be will be. My boy. Uh, the rest of the Guardians meet up, and Quill confesses that he's ready to go back to Earth. Uh, he's ready to find out if he can sink or swim. He makes Rocket the captain. Nebula names herself Sheriff of Nowhere and asks Drax to stay with her and mind the children, stating he was always meant to be a dad. He wasn't born to be a destroyer. Love that. Yeah. Love that. I like the, um, um, you know, Mantis is also like, yo, not for nothing, but like I always did what Ego wanted me to do and then I did what the Guardians wanted me to do. So I I'm think gonna go I'm going to, I'm going to go do me all by myself alone. And Drax is like, can I come with you? <laughs> She's like, no, that's the whole point. She goes, and so he was frustrating. Like, he was so sad for a minute, but he was also like, I'm really proud of you standing your ground. Like, go and live your life. That's why it was funny that she said, You're so frustrating because she's the one that's always defending him. <laughs> and now he's finally got almost her nerves. <laughs> he's like, You're so frustrating. Um, yeah, she wants to have agency over her, her own life. Um, so, our final scene of this film is Rocket as a new captain. Uh, playing a song through the speakers of nowhere on nowhere of Florence and the machines. The dog days are over. It causes a group to start dancing and impromptu dance off happens in the town square as Drax um, tearfully says goodbye to Mantis. Yep. She rides his, she rides her uh, obelisk, obelisks out. Um, and then Drax, the self-proclaimed not dancer, he himself, children. An, he himself becomes an idiot. Yeah, he becomes an idiot. Yeah, and he starts dancing and laughing with the children. Oh, it was um, so excellent. There's, I'm, I'm doing it again. I'm getting goosebumps again. There is, there's an overall feeling here of uh, just love, just mm -hmm. positive energy. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't win-win. You know, they, they, they didn't win scot-free. They didn't go, um, somehow, even without the multiple deaths that we all predicted would happen in this film, we st I still feel like a cost was paid in this. I don't feel like they, well, how did you feel about that? The fact that no one died in this, I guess is what I want to say. It was different. Because <laughs> usually we get a death to, uh, to mark the end of an era. We yeah. didn't get that here they all lived and they went their separate ways to live their lives. Right. And it's not something that we normally get. We usually get a big death that shocks everything to the core. And that's what causes the rift and the tension. And then they break up on bad terms. This was an amicable breakup. Yeah. Um, you're right. In a other film, we, we wouldn't get our guardians because they would want to be guardians, but they would either be killed or separated or whatever. This is them all making an adult decision. So we are losing our guardians in a way 
but we're not sad because it's their choice. And right. in Gunn's <clears throat> world, because this is Gunn's world, he gave them that at the end of the day. At the very least, the endings of these characters are going to be of their own, written Correct. by them, by themselves. And Correct. I mean, how, how could you beat that? What's your favorite moment of the dance-off? During the song, and it's not necessarily my favorite, but it is a moment that just got me thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's my childish brain at work as always. <laughs> uh, when we see Gamora reunited with the Ravagers, yeah, I'm putting ten to one odds that Sylvester Stallone hit. Yeah, <laughs> if anyone calling dibs is, you know what I'm saying. Rocky's getting it. I'm gonna say here also, man. We might have to get that man a translator because when he was doing his scene, he was a he was a bit he was Fucking a bit much rough, mouth. He, dog. He was a bit much mouth. He's like you going to Ogle Corp, and when you go to Ogle Corp, you got to Ogle Corp. I was like, what's going? What? 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 Um, but what? What was? Uh, what was the one's name that does the that has the uh, powers of the Mystic Arts? I don't know his name, but he's on the uh, Ravagers. I yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, I, it was nice to see the portals and yeah. actually see him put the powers to use in the like, movie. Portals, and, and then and also with him on the team, you can see how they're great space pirates. Portals yeah. just open up on your ship, and then you get overrun, and That's it's a wrap, it. <laughs> and it's done. Um, I was a little, I was a little earlier in the movie when they first showed up. I was a little like taken back by the fact that. Um, Sylvester Stallone's character after ending Guardians 2 on good terms with Quill came back and was basically a dick. Yeah. That felt a little weird. Um that team is is was is the OG Guardians of the Galaxy, so it's also weird that they're Ravagers. You know, <laughs> that, that that's also another weird thing. But I did feel a level of hostility and I'm like, I thought you guys were all good. But oh, I y'all guess were, y'all were t- But I guess they never really like spoke. Right, like they've never had a conversation ever since Yandu's funeral, I guess. Yeah, and prior to that, they didn't have many conversations. It was mostly Yandu talking to that guy. Um, so it it could just be a lack of familiarity. Um, me, my favorite part of the dance off is when they start just yelling, howling, (laughs) like Craglin just howls and Nebula just yells at her top of her lungs, and and Rocket howls. It's his most animalistic outburst ever and that's because he was born an animal he can finally be whatever the hell he was meant to be born to be yep gosh this thing is so good <laughs> so uh probably gonna it, go see it again to be honest with you <laughs> getting everybody all riled up let's go see it right now <laughs> screw it uh in a mid credit scene the new guardians consisting of rocket a fully grown group cosmo craglin adam and uh phyla one of the rescued children Julie. and adam's yeah, and Adam's Adam's pet blurp uh, take on a <laughs> uh, take on a new mission. What do you think of this uh, new team? Um, I, I I'm excited to see a different team. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if we're actually going to see them, or if right. they'll just be cameos in movies. Uh, especially since James Gunn has gone from Marvel, it, does that mean Sean Gunn's going to be gone? That's interesting. Yeah, he might be. He's going to get a lot of work on the other side. He plays Weasel. I think Weasel's coming back somehow. He plays Weasel, but he also does the body for Rocket, and he plays Craglin. He did the voice for. I want to say he did the voice for Young Rocket as well, or or something. Um, But yeah, uh, like I said, James Gunn's supposedly not coming back to Marvel. What a way to leave! (laughs) What a way to be like. Honestly, he left his mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, Prior to this, a lot of people were making a lot of uh, you know jokes 
that he was going to ruin the DC with jokes, stuff like that. And I was like, you guys don't get what he does. Yes, he tells jokes, but there's always heart there. There's always heart in his stuff. And this was just another example of that. So I was very proud to leave because I was like, yeah, DC Universe is going to be in good hands, man. Like, look at, uh, you know, you have... Basically, like you just said, like a whole planet that's like shaped like a butthole. Like, like a, yeah. You're like a whole butthole planet, and then you, you you're crying for an otter. Like that that's the yeah. that's the that's the juxtaposition that James Gunn's able to give us, and um, I absolutely loved it. Uh, and and that was that, that was the first post credit scene, right? Yeah, the second one is yeah, uh, Quill. The second eating, one was Quill eating breakfast with his uh with his grandfather Jason, talking about mowing lawns. Yeah, th- yeah, that was like the most like. Earth mundane conversation <laughs> ever but what i want to talk about is what happened right after that the legendary star lord will return right to to me that feels like a red herring to me i don't know why i guess it's because no, no i don't know why i don't know they, why they i don't feel do like that they don't do that unless they're actually coming back i agree but then it would have just been Star Lord will return. I feel like the legendary Star Lord is being yeah, said now. He's he's off solo again. But what if what if a Star Lord returns any star? Because he's on he's on uh, that planet. You know, I feel like there's a there's a maybe he's going to be somewhere. one of the Avengers now. That'd be great. Did he bring any of his tech with him? Probably. Gotta hope so. Gamora's still out there with the Ravagers. She might show up in Marvels. You know what I'm saying? These people are out and about yeah. in the world. It'll be really cool to see if any of them pop back up. Um, and again, I feel like there's going to be some sort of weird tie. Like the evolutionary has to have met Kang at Kang at some point. Oh, you know, had I, to. I, I feel like they they swap notes on a couple of things. And then they, <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to take some of that man's purple. I'm like, all right. Well, it is what it is. Um, do you have anything else to say about Guardians? I felt like we had a amazing discussion about this film Fuck yeah dude two hours of conversation about this movie and i still think we could do more yeah um this how about thursday i think thursday would be a good place to do it if you're listening to this podcast the week of may the 9th then on the 11th on facebook via nope. the nope nope on nope. kick on kick.com slash the ball pit one we will continue this conversation with two other very valued guests. Continue our conversation about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So, yeah, I'll reserve any of my additional uh, feelings for that. Give you guys you will, uh, yeah, something. You will to... get some of our same opinions and feelings and thoughts that we gave tonight. But you're also going to get two other people's perspectives. And... and one of them may not have a heart. So we're going to see how that may how not. That, how the film fares how the film fares for them but i'm super uh excited to do so this is episode 281 of the major issues podcast holy shit 281 281 uh but it's another good one going in the books the books being comicbookclick.com which is where every single episode of the major issues podcast is found the easiest way to find the major issues podcast is to google it google major issues podcast and we're the first 18 results or something i'm very proud of that so <laughs> go ahead and do that but go to comicbookclick.com because it's where all of our articles are it's where our merchandise is via t public it can take you to our patreon.com cbc clubhouse where you can uh, become a patreon for as low as three dollars a month ten cents a day it helps us keep our lights on here and afford the hardware and the software that we need to help 
produce more content free of charge for you guys. So uh, thank you for those who have been supporting. It's cool to get that little kickback and put it towards uh, some bigger projects that we're hoping to do here. We're looking at a video essay series. We're looking at uh, revamping the website. There's a couple of other cool things that we are looking into. Um, so the more motivation you guys give us, the, the better we are as a team. So continue doing what you do. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast, word of mouth. Hopefully we'll be doing um, some more of these kicks or you'll be seeing me definitely uh, every week on the Department of the Nerd. So, you know, uh, pick my brain, pick these smart gentlemen's brains. Hit us up at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or you can use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. And if uh, I tell you how we do it, I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to Compass Comic Book Media. But I can't tell you how we do it because it will mess up the timeline. And could you imagine a timeline where Dwayne Johnson was uh, Groot? Doesn't Oof. work, bro. No, doesn't, doesn't work. work. Oh! I'd just be even more mad at him for fucking up one of my favorites. Here's a question I have that I completely forgot about that I told you I was going to ask you. Did he really say that or did we hear that? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Too. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it more on the department. Oh, George, I think if you're with the other answer, it's even more heartfelt because now we are great. You know what? I would like <laughs> to live in ignorance and think we heard it. Yeah, yeah, I think we now speak group. I think it's the same way too. I think we are Groot now, and we—that's what we heard. But everybody else on the outside would have heard, "I am Groot." Oh, um, and I think you could even—you can even extrapolate that none of them were like, <gasps> no one stood up and was like, what? "You said something different than the weren't the right. you've nobody, been saying for five years." Batted an eye at it. Yeah, I think um, we just heard it. Welcome to the Guardians, guys. Welcome Woo! to the Guardians. Guardians <laughs> of the freaking galaxy. Yep, but. Uh, tell the people where they can find you, Dave. Uh, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and kick.com. Type in the username on any of those sites, the ball pit one, no dashes, no spaces, no underscores or anything else. The ball pit one spelled exactly how it sounds. You can find me on TikTok posting clips from kick. You can find me on Instagram posting pictures and clips from kick you can find me on twitter posting tweets about stuff i don't know anything about because i'm new <laughs> to twitter even though i made an account a long time ago and never used it i still don't understand <laughs> how it all fucking works i just know hashtags are a thing and i don't know how to use them but the main place that i want you to come to watch us every week on wednesdays but this week it's thursday is kick.com slash the ball pit one that is k-i-c-k.com slash the ball pit one we will be streaming the department of nerds podcast and in addition to that i am now gaming on this channel yeah so please if you like call of duty if you like god of war if you like ghost recon or any other games that i may play i have a playstation pass a playstation plus pass so if you want me to pick a game I will play it. Come join me. Give me a follow. It's free on every platform. You don't have to pay a dime unless you choose to. I'm there at least once a week. Having a great time. Yeah, Dave is a renaissance man. He is spinning many plates, but most of them are being spun at kick.com slash the ball pit. One. 
That is correct. At the ball pit I one. I was able to get all my usernames as one across the socials. That Which I is incredibly difficult. To, we don't even it have that. It is so difficult, bro. We don't even have that, bro. We I noticed that. that when I was setting up your image on the on the stream for tonight. We tried. Uh, <laughs> but, I yeah. see you tried. Yeah. But no, I, I literally was going through and making all of my socials. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> so then I started, you know, okay, well, I've used this before. <clears throat> Let's see if this works. Got it across the board. Awesome. Awesome stuff. So come check me out. The ball pit one anywhere you can find me. If you go on Google and type in the ball pit one, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm there. Awesome stuff. <laughs> hey man, we got search engine optimization on I our side. It. So come watch us eat onions over at <laughs> can, can do Jaeger bombs the ball pit would make horrible mistakes oh my god and rank some of your favorite historical figures <laughs> but <laughs> we're not talking about am frank today but my name is george serrano aka the don i am dave aka the ball pit and this is our guardians in the galaxy volume 3 recap and review and remember whether you're a guardian a terran a ravager or one of the sovereign a human an animal a tree or look like a carrot oddly enough uh remember that we are the click and always remember that you yes you are worthy <laughs>